Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Welcome back, Earn Your Leisure, episode 19. 19. 19, almost 20 weeks in. Man. It was all a dream. Yeah, this is, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. Old. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a fact. Season down. Nah, we want to thank you guys for rocking with us, for supporting us. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a tremendous journey, a hell of a ride, man. Yeah, bro, sure, it's all the sure. way up. And it just started. Yeah. That's the best part. So I'm going to jump right into it. We got an extremely special guest today. Um, once again, somebody that – so we – if you listen to the podcast, you know we interview Al Harrington, right? Yeah. And Al Harrington was somebody that we wrote uh, a post about. Yeah. And then from that post, he, um, you know, engaged with us. And then we, we we reached out to him and we went to L.A. and we actually had a conversation with him, right, yeah. on the podcast. So once again, 
Similar situation, you get, right? You want to get the backstory on this? The power of social uh, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power of social so, media, for sure. This is, this is the, you know, uh, standard procedure for us is like, I'll read articles at 5.30 in the morning. I think we spoke about that on when we were with Q. Um, and I'll go through articles and I'll find, you know, things that are very interesting and I think would relate on our page. And um, I came across this article about Brandon Copeland and I'm like, wait, wow, this guy's amazing. And literally as I'm reading it, there's a special on SportsCenter. And I'm like, Oh, no, no, no. This guy is on the same path as us. We have to meet this guy. We have to talk to this guy. And um, I sent it to you like 5.30 in the morning. I know you're sleeping, but I'm like, he has to see this. And as soon as you woke up, you put the post up, and um, the traction was crazy. Yeah, it was one of our biggest posts. So Brandon Copeland, if you're not familiar, he uh, he plays for the Jets, but that's that's the only part of his story. He is a UPenn graduate. Um, if anybody's not familiar, UPenn has one of the best business, business schools in the world, yep. the Wharton School of Business. So that's, you know, separates him from a lot of NFL players. <laughs> but also, he works on Wall Street during the offseason. He has a real estate investment company, and he actually is a, a college professor at Wharton. Shout out to education. Um, <laughs> so when I was reading his story, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we highlight bad things with, you know, people make mistakes in, in any realm, but it seems like athletes always get highlighted the most, right? Yeah. Anytime that it's a domestic violence, anything like that happens. So it's like, we need to highlight this. Like, this <laughs> this is just a, a dope yeah. story. So I put the story out, and um, once again, I, I put in the story, I'm like, yo, I would love to connect with you. And he, he was like, yeah, let's connect. So, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yes. So I shot him a DM. And um, we worked it out via, um, you know, emails, and um, now we're here. He's on our podcast. So, like you said, yeah, man. power of social media. It's power of social right. media. So, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you. Man. Thank you for Appreciate coming, that. man. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Pleasure to be with y'all. I love what y'all are doing, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We're going to jump right into it. So, all right. So, the, the, the theme of our show is um, the backstory, the financial side of sports and entertainment business as well. But we, we, we really focus on sports entertainment a lot because we feel like, especially in our culture, yeah. People don't fully understand what goes on behind the scenes, yeah. right? Like everybody wants to be in the NBA, NFL, or sell a million records, but they don't understand that these are businesses, yeah. right? It's the sports business, the music business, the entertainment Ooh. business, right? Yeah, that part gets left off the title. It wow. always does. It always, it always does. It always does. So um, I, I, you have a, a very interesting story, and um, we was reading it um, you know, the last couple of days. So you said your first contract, correct me if I'm wrong, you made – your contract was one point two million, right? Mm, yeah, but by, good. by the time it was all said and done, you had like thirty five, forty thousand, right? Yeah. If so, that. yeah, can we just kind of break that down? Because to me, it's interesting as far as like NFL players because you have an off season. So a lot of people don't aren't familiar. Like, do you get paid on the off season, or how frequent do you get paid? And then there's a thing called a jock tax where you you go to different states and you get taxed differently. Mm. <laughs> it's not all guaranteed. So, yeah, can you kind of just break that down? Yeah, man, there's layers to that. Layers. So, uh, yeah, so the way I think of the NFL is um, nothing is guaranteed unless you have certain stipulations within your contract and all of that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those players, which is, you know, more players are seeing that, that's a great thing and a blessing to have. But when you see these big contracts, you know, Russell Wilson, 140 million. I can't remember how much guaranteed. Maybe 65 yeah, or something. A little 65 guaranteed, yeah. right? That's what he can bank on, right? You see the big number, but but if Russell Wilson gets hurt in year four, year five, whatever, right? He's not seeing the rest of that money potentially. Yeah, so, um, 
that's different from basketball. That's different from baseball um, and, and other sports. So as I entered the league in 2013, I was undrafted out of the University of Pennsylvania. I remember uh, the Baltimore Ravens called me my hometown team. I'm like, man. Actually, to be quite honest with you, I was pissed off, right? Not because I was pissed off that I didn't get drafted. That, that was really what it was, right? <laughs> and it just had a big chip on my shoulder. So for me, I've been fortunate to just have this lens on life and perspective where I'm not really a fan of too much or anyone. So I remember as a, a rookie entering the locker room and this, this is my hometown team. These are the guys I, I looked up to growing up and, and I remember this is fresh off a of Super Bowl. Fresh off a of Super Bowl. Yeah. I remember actually, you know what? A, a perfect story that might describe me is <clears throat> my agent at the time, he took us out right before the draft, took us out in New York to some club up there to just celebrate the, that night before the draft of like all the work you put in and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, like I said, I grew up in Baltimore, that purple and black, you know. I remember being in the house and, and seeing them, you know, win the Super Bowl and bragging all my roommates and all that type of stuff, wearing that with pride. And in the club, that for me was like my introduction to the NFL, even though I wasn't even in it at the time. But you had all of these different that, that was when the draft was still in New York. So you had all these different rappers and in different sections. My agent had gotten us a section. I wasn't spending any money. <laughs> so, my agent oh, got man. us a section. When, and the other guys there, well, you had Adrian Peterson with a section, Ludacris across the way, uh, Jeezy. And there was Ray Rice. And I remember Ray Rice walked up. And I remember speaking to him. And I'm like, yo, I just want to say, you know, you really put on for the city. Like, that was amazing what y'all did, man. Like, I appreciate you, respect you. But in a couple of days, like, I'm going to be in the NFL, too. So it's on. Yeah, and, and, and ain't none of that fan stuff no more, right? Like, it, it, we, we, we competition, right? Like, uh, but before that, I want to tell you how much I respect you. So anyway, I say all that to say that, you know, a few days later, I get, get the call, go to the Ravens, had that chip on my shoulder. But the Weird thing about the NFL is, I, like I said, I keep it. I've been blessed to be able to keep things in a perspective, and understand that. Okay, I just got this call that says, "Hey, you you get a chance to sign up, and, and you're a Baltimore Raven now." No, I'm not. Right? Like, there's still another step to actually make the 53 or yeah, to make, make practice squad or make to, the roster, whatever. Right? Yeah. Sadly, there's a lot of guys who are like, "Oh, I'm in it." Nah, right. Like the next week you might be cut or after this rookie mini camp, you might be cut. Right. So at that time, again, like I said, I signed a three year, one point two million dollar deal. Um, however, I got cut going into the actual season, made it all through preseason and all that stuff. Got cut going into the actual season and I jumped my money down to a practice squad guy. After four weeks, I got cut from Baltimore. So I really got four weeks of pay. And then, uh, again, I mean, there were guys who got cut in the middle of training camp. There was guys who got cut after three days. So, you know? so there's a process after you get drafted, right? Exactly. Because so, that's even a little confusing, right? There's OTAs that you have to make the yep. team. Yep. Then there is training camp that you have to make the team. Yeah. Then you got four preseason games yeah. and so still the, try to make the team. Right. So the way I would think of it is um, 
you're never really on the team. <laughs> you know, depending on who you are, you're never really on the team. Like, I even joke with my students this semester and even right right now. Like, I could get this phone, go start ringing, they could call, be like, listen, Cope, like, did you bring your iPad up here? Like, we we going in a different route, right? Oh, and that's just the nature of the beast. So, like you said, every single day, I mean, they, they always say that every day is an interview, but, like, literally, like, I, I think people don't understand that um, – Again, depending on who you are, right? Your first round, second round, you probably are guaranteed that first year, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you're guaranteed three years from now, four years from now, right? right. Um, and that's you. You just hope and pray that young guys come in and understand that. Mm -hmm. And me, fortunately, I understood it. It was what motivated me to want to be great and, and make the team and still be here seven years later, right? right. But for a lot of guys, like I remember rookie year, some guys would go to this mall across the street from our hotel, and and I remember getting on Snapchat. Snap was like big at the time, um, and, and getting on there, and they literally walking in there, selfie videos, stunting, like hey, we about to sense and such. And I'm like, bro, y'all all making the same thing I'm making right now, which is like, like maybe a hundred fifty bucks. After the week. So, so all right. So, so you you had a one point two million dollar contract. Yeah. But then you um four weeks in you got demoted to practice team, right? Now, so so you get drafted or, or undrafted in the spring. Um, so like our rookies just showed up this weekend. Uh, so what we may whatever we are right. Uh, now we train, 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 and you can be, there's guys being cut, there's guys being signed that entire time, like that roster is fluctuating. And then by the time you get to training camp, you start training camp in late July with 90 guys on the roster. Mm -hmm. That roster fluctuates a bit. And then by the end of August, beginning of September, that roster cuts down to 53. Yeah. And then on top of that 53, you have 10 practice squad guys. I made it from that May all the way through to to August, I got cut, became one of those practice squad guys where your salary goes from a minimum of like four hundred thirty thousand to a hundred thousand. And then four weeks later, four weeks into the season, that's when I got released from the team. And that, that's in Baltimore. That's in Baltimore. So none of that one point two million was guaranteed? None. None of it. Not even a I wish. It looks good on paper though. It looks good. It sounds <laughs> yeah. good. So yeah. that's also that that that's the problem. That 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 you see that headline and then the vultures come get it. Oh yeah, right. Family, everybody. Because yeah. now it's like on paper. It look, yo, he's a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, but that's interesting. I, I think people don't fully understand that. Like, I can't drive that home. All right, you got a one point two million dollar contract. None of it was guaranteed. You probably netted how much did you net probably out of that? Probably like thirty, maybe. That's how much you made from the Baltimore Ravens. Probably like thirty, because in the spring. I made money in the spring, so like right now you might be making what uh, maybe a couple hundred a week because they take your your hotel and, and stuff. Oh, they, out of that's, it. the team doesn't cover it. They cover it, but oh. it's coming out, coming of, out of your team team oh, type oh, of thing. Wow. Right? They cover it, wow. but um, you just don't know. You know, yeah. Um, you don't really have a yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you're making maybe a, a few hundred a week, and they cover your meals and all that stuff on the weekend, so you don't really have too many expenses. Uh, but then as you get to preseason, now you're making, I want to say, 700 a week before taxes. Uh -huh. So, you know, and that's what, maybe five to six weeks. 
So you really like four, you know, who, who knows what that is, 400 a week after all this dollars. is done? Dollars. Yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, $400. <laughs> like, no dollars. <laughs> and then once the season hits, as a practice squad guy, I was making, I was seeing about 4K after taxes. I think my check was like 7000 7500 per week before, so about 4000 after. And... uh I did that for four weeks, so that's about 16 right there. So I probably made a little less than 30 from the Baltimore Ravens. And then um, two weeks later, I got cut week four. Two weeks later, I got picked up by the Tennessee Titans. Yep. Practice squad with them for a bunch of weeks. Mm-hmm. I got cut by them. A lot of people don't know this, too. It's like in my family, they understand, and it's so funny, that so at Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern is when your money is guaranteed for the week. So for me, and the way that my career has been, and, and I'm not superstitious, but I just, I have certain things, I have my routine. My family knew, don't call me Tuesday <laughs> after 4 p.m. Eastern, right? So, and where does that come from? Like, I've been cut at 3.56 p.m. Eastern, wow. right? Yeah. So, you like, don't, so you don't get paid? Don't get paid. For wow. So if you get cut at 4.01 p.m., I'm paid for that week. If I don't, so when I was in Baltimore, they cut me on Wednesday morning because they were like, "Hey, we plan on bringing just, you back. Yeah. You know, to showing good faith. You, you know, we 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 like you, all that type of stuff. We just need to make some other roster changes, blah blah blah. So you know, take the top time off. You know, go work, stay stay in shape. But we'll yeah. bring you back this week. Then no, still waiting on that. <laughs> um, but then Tennessee, one time, these dudes, man, I. I uh, <laughs> it's funny. I went and did like a, a whole charity out event for him. I went. We went to a high school, and uh, you know, Tennessee Titans jerseys and all that type of stuff. And on the way, not even on the way back, later on that evening, um, I had some rehab set up, a massage appointment, and it's three fifty six. I get the call. I'm like, this random Tennessee number. Oh, Pick man. up the phone. Hey, uh, man, we need you to bring in your hop. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Y'all knew this before you sent me on the event. Yeah, you so, had so me do the whole They event. sent you on the whole charity event <laughs> yeah. and all that. And then they waited four minutes before the deadline to cut you so you don't get paid for the week. Four minutes. What about the massage? You have to cancel it or not? I, to be quite honest with you, I told myself, I was like, I probably should cancel this thing because I don't know when that next check could come. Right, right. Like, you know what? Hey, man, you got to, I, I probably need it right now. You know, <laughs> I probably need to just relax. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, my family literally, they would know, don't call me on Tuesday. So, literally at 401, so years later, 401 p.m., Whenever I was good, I'd send them a bunch of gifts, a bunch of Floyd Mayweather throwing money, somebody throwing money, we count, making it rain, and all that type of stuff. And then after you get to year five, uh, once that ball is kicked off in your first NFL game, then you're guaranteed your salary for the whole year. So, like, last year, that, that was like my for, first year. for veterans? Is year five yeah. now you're a veteran? Yeah, okay. so last year was my first year having that. Yeah. So after that first game... I just sent them like sixteen, yeah. you know, sixteen different ones. But it, it, it's a, it's a lot of that goes into it. Basically, you know, what, what what you're getting at is there's a lot that goes into it that people don't think about. They don't understand. Yes, you see that big contract, you see that big number, and that is great, right? But what are you really getting from that one? You got to 
50 percent of it is gone. Off, right? off the rip. Off the rip. Can we talk? Yeah, I'm talking about that because a lot of people don't fully understand how taxes work, right? And they're like, "Well, you should you should set up corporations." I'm like, "They're employees. Yeah. They they get paid just like how you get paid, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have an opportunity to defer the income. <laughs> right. it's, it's not it's not an option, right. right? Your boss ain't going for that. Exactly. <laughs> so I because I, I, social media a lot of times people write that like, "Well, they if they were smart." I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Just like if you were smart, you would do that, right? No, you don't have that option. So automatically, fifty because you know how you tax rack. Automatically, fifty percent is goes to taxes. Gone. Yeah. Off the rip. Depending on what state you're in, it's even higher. Right. right. Then the state tax, they take that out of your paycheck every time you get paid in that in that particular um. Yep. Yep. They'll do that. Uh, like if you, so if you plan in California, so you look at the schedule, you're like, dang, I got three games in California, oh, right? You West know? Coast trip. Um. That you know, you get taxed at that California rate. That's thirteen yeah. percent gone. And it's crazy because um, Rod Smith. Shout out to Rod Smith. He's he's been a loyal follower from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody that doesn't know Rod Smith, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Uh, not yet, but a he legend. A legend, legend in uh, Denver. Denver, 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 Denver Broncos yeah. wide receiver. Denver, legend. Denver legend. So yeah. um, I put a, co- a, po- a post up a while ago, and me and him, we was commenting. He he was like, "Yeah, but people don't realize is that." All right, California has the highest state tax in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Like 13%, like you said. But mm-hmm. let's say you play in, in, for Miami Dolphins, Florida, right? Which Florida has no, no state, state income tax. tax, right? So what happens is that you might practice in Florida from Monday to, let's say, Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Fly When you fly out for a Sunday game? Saturday. Saturday. So you practice from Monday to Saturday in Florida. You are in, Flo- you're in California for Saturday and Sunday, maybe like Monday morning early. So you only spend two days in California, but the whole week is taxed in California because yeah. that's where you play the game at. Yeah. yeah. So even though you prepared, like you only might only spend forty eight hours in that particular state, and you practiced in the state that you actually live in, but it doesn't matter. You played that game in that state, so for the whole week, that whole week's paycheck is taxed in that's California. Great. Yeah. So you guys play Jersey state tax or is it New, it, New Jersey, Jersey state Jersey, tax? Right. Because that's what yeah. y'all play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if New York trying to take a little bit of that too. I'm thinking like, <laughs> nah, I don't think New York can't take none of that. But, yeah. but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Trust me, I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen, um, like you said, every. So when we play a team in Texas, it's like, okay, cool, right? Yeah. London games, London international taxes, they 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 cost a bit too, right? Oh wow. Um, Florida teams, you know, you you see Miami or Tampa Bay on your schedule, you're like, yes, Tennessee, you know, cool. Um, Another thing, you know, uh, a few years ago, there was a guy in the locker room when I was in Detroit. Detroit, they have the the city tax and the state tax. So they'll tax you in Michigan and then they'll tax you in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Now, when we – so one guy got very, very smart. His financial advisor, accountant, got very, very smart with it because, again, like you said, if you guys are going to play the game with me of like, okay, hey, I'm only here for 24 hours – you know, sometimes we fly in at 5 p.m. We out the next day at 5 p.m. after the game kickoffs at 1. Um, you know, I'm only here for 24 hours. You're going to tax me for the whole week. I remember his issue was Detroit was taking tax every single week as if we trained there, played there, and all that stuff. Like, we were there for the whole week. So, when, you're in, when we played with the Lions, the our facility is in Allen Park. The, the stadium is in Detroit. Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's like a 20 minute ride, but Detroit was trying to take taxes as if you were there every single your day. They'll, they'll actually literally break down the days and be like, well, you know, you were here a hundred and such and such days. So he was like, no, okay. Yeah. 
I'm actually only there out of the, what, eight home games. I'm there Saturday night when we stay at the team hotel, and I'm there Sunday when we play. So them 180 days, nah, you got 16 of them, right? And so he ended up going back and getting some money from oh, yeah? Detroit on that. That's dope. That, That's dope. That way. So the interesting thing is, like, the way your mind's working right now, you're like, if I play in Texas, right, if I play in the Cowboys or the Texans, I know there's no state tax. How many of your counterparts have that same mind frame? I think a lot do. I think a lot do because, I mean, at that point you're talking about thousands, mm-hmm. right? Um, like you're not talking about, like you're talking about the difference in, you know, depending on what you're making, you're talking about the difference in like six extra grand <laughs> by playing somewhere else versus, you know, well, I mean, some, some guys, I mean, the way they're getting paid, some guys, you're talking a good 15, 20 grand yeah. difference, right? So guys are thinking about it. Um, again, you know, not to take up all y'all time, but, it, but there's different things that people out there just don't understand, like, the fact of like you have to have multiple places of residency, see, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes like you literally just have to. And I've never wanted to be that guy having like I'm a frugal person, right? I'm cheap. That's cool <laughs> with me, right? I have no problem. I, I'm proud of it. But like I literally I have a home base here in New Jersey. When my wife and I, when I was playing in Detroit, she works in Manhattan, and she's from here. We had home base here, so now play with the Jets, I'm like, man, okay, like, we can just have home base, like, and that's the crib. Well, guess what? Home base for me is 45 minutes away from here in no traffic. So if I wake up in the morning and it's raining hard, I remember my first day trying to come in and reporting to the Jets, it was raining hard. And my drive went from 45 minutes, no traffic, and and this is like 6.30 in the morning, Mm -hmm. right, to an hour and 15 minutes. Now, people are like, oh, well, just wake up early and all that type of stuff. Well, guess what? If you're late to your job, you get a slap on the wrist, right? Your boss, you know, at a certain point, you can't keep being late. You'll get your, you get fired. Yeah. But for me, if I'm late, that's a $13,000 fine, right? Oh, wow. Like, that's, I'll, oh, oh, wow. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. go ahead and, so last year, I had to rent a place. I have a house 40 minutes from here, yeah. and I had, I mean, some people might be like, well, you didn't have to. No, like, for me... I had to rent a place seven minutes. It's not worth the risk. Right. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth being a few minutes late. And then also, it's just the cost of doing business, right? You don't want to travel at 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes when I'm, like I told people, it's an investment as well, right? Like 45 minutes, that's 45 minutes I could be working on my my body, getting ready for the next week's game. That's 45 minutes that somebody is literally watching film on just how am I going to whoop Brandon Copeland this week, right? Mm -hmm. And I need that 45 minutes to make sure I'm prepared for for him as well. So um, there's a bunch of different costs. You know, guys talk about transporting vehicles back and forth, right? Uh, like I live in California, but you know I'm my home base. I'm born and raised in California. I have everything over there, but now I'm with the Jets, right? How's my vehicle getting back and forth? Or am I going to Uber it every day? Or am I going to walk every day, bike every day? What, what about when it's snowy? So right. do I need to pay to transport back a, a car back and forth? Do I need to rent a car? Do I need to buy a car? Some of these costs that we we see guys with, we're like you know we just assume like oh this guy. He's being extra. He's doing it, you know. Yeah. But some of this stuff is just a cost of, like, convenience and doing business at a high level, right? right. And that, you know, again, it's not a, a woe is us, right? I, I'm thankful to have those type of problems as opposed to others. But, you know, those are costs that you just can't escape from. All right. So, yes. So now we're going to talk about, okay, we gave you a lot 
of gems on the athletic side. But what we like about Brandon is that he's more than just an athlete, like LeBron says, more than just an athlete, right? So um, now we're going to go into the business side of things. And um, But before we do that, shout out to Baltimore. We didn't, we didn't actually – so if, if you listen to our podcast, you know that, A, we have deep – ties to Baltimore. And some of our best interviews have been Baltimore guests, right? We had Valencia, we had Derek Falcon, who was the restaurant owner. Um, so now we got Brandon too. So shout out to DMO. Shout out to the DMV. Baltimore. Keep sleeping on us if you want to. <laughs> so all right, so so can we talk real estate? Because real estate is real trendy right now. And um, everybody wants to be a real estate investor. So can you can you talk about your real estate journey, your philosophy, um, yeah, can you just enlighten us as well? Because there's a lot of different ways how you can make money in real estate. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Um, so for me, I invested in the stock market. Um, I'm still invested in the stock market, but for me, I like to, I've realized as I've evolved is, is I like to have control or more control over what I invest in as opposed to the stock market where the president could say whatever he wants to say and the thing is down, you know, 600 points or whatever. You know, like there are certain days where I feel like I made great calls yeah. uh, on stocks and, and just because of the macro environment, everything was down. And I'm like, I have no control over this stuff. So for me, real estate was an opportunity to have more ownership, obviously real legitimate, legitimate ownership of an asset, but then also like more ownership of the outcome. Because whether if I lose money or make money, whatever, like the only person I can look at is myself because I'm the one pulling the trigger on everything. Mm -hmm. So for, I got into I, originally what I wanted to do was get into rentals. Uh, I, you know, people always talk about the passive income and all that type of stuff. So I remember my wife and I, we went to uh, Temple University. We went to Penn. But we went to Temple to look at houses and stuff just because the market at Penn was way, way, way out of my price range. Um, and so we just went around looking at college dorms and all that type of stuff. And that was our first, like, let's get to understand what's, what we should be looking for as we look through these homes. That's North, North Philly, right? Yep. Shout, yep. Out, to, shout out to Philly. Yep. Um, and so literally didn't act on it or move on it for about another year. Until there's this Baltimore, speaking of Baltimore, there's a, a couple, um, Khalil and Kiara Ukta, they run this, uh, business called, and their Instagram is Charm City Buyers, and, and they've done a great job of sharing information. And I've been blessed to have, I've been blessed to have great mentors. And so I reached out to them. I saw what they were doing and we, they started taking me through homes and stuff like that. We went to an auction and all that type of stuff. And, and literally I was just a fly on the wall seeing how they broke down properties, cap rates and all that type of stuff. And finally we were trying to invest and, in, and in going on a property together. But when you're doing that, you kind of realize, well, like, you know, on the outcome, I'm barely seeing anything. It's not really worth it. So we ended up investing in different ways. I just invested into their business and, and they ended up buying back a whole block of properties in Baltimore. But by doing that, it was a, one, I got invested in real estate. That was actually my first investment. And then two, they gave me access to what they were doing, right? Pictures, videos, 
just learning from that standpoint. At a certain point, like for me, I'm, I'm a quick learner and a quick like once I'm into something, one, once you, you invest then you care more about it. But then two, once I'm into something, I, I like I jump off the cliff sometimes, yeah. um, especially when I'm really passionate about stuff. So after that, then I went being out in Detroit. I'm like, OK, so before I buy uh, uh, rental units, right, because I look at that as marriage, right? Like I'm with this this house for a long time for life right mm-hmm. you can sell it you can get rid of it but for me like that's marriage as opposed to let me let me just date for a little bit so i was like okay well let me do some flips to learn about what goes into rentals and buying and, and rehab and stuff so as an athlete one of my biggest fears and and just as a person in general my biggest pet peeve growing up was people thinking that they were smarter than me mm. or not not smarter than me but but thinking that i was yeah, well, thinking that talking to you like like you don't know what's going on type yeah. of thing, you know. Um, the now as an athlete, that turns to having a fear of people trying to take advantage of you, and you know they do this to people all the time. Um, so for me, it was like I need to learn how much nails cost, I need to learn how much drywall costs, how much paint costs, all that type of stuff. So that now when I do these bigger projects, you can't just Come to me with like you know, hey, to paint this house is gonna cost eight thousand right. bucks, right? You been hands on. If I didn't know any better, I'm like, okay, well, eight thousand, six thousand. I don't, re- you know, if you have no gauge, then then you you just take whatever people give you. So I met a guy. I found out through the locker room that there's a guy called a guy named Rob Sims. Um, him, Calvin Johnson, Jason Strayhorn, they started this whole group called Locker Room Consulting Group. But at the time, that was just a, a a thought. But Rob had he talked about great mentors. He literally, you know, we texted. He picked me up from the facility one day and literally drove me around Detroit and walked me through houses that he was actually currently flipping, right? And he showed me the levels of stuff that he was doing. He was doing some regular single-family homes. He then took me to like a big like. 50 unit apartment building, brand new build out type of thing. Um, and then showed me a, a 200 unit project that he was working on investing in, in Florida, right? Like, you, so you realize there's levels. But him at the time, he, he also gave me access. And so he was like, hey, like, this is a house I'm doing. Um, you know, if you want to get into it, you can. Yeah. You know, I don't need you to, right? Like, that's the, that's the best pitch in the world, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, you, this house, I've already bought it, right? Yeah. Like it's going to get renovated with or without you. But if you want to, yeah, yeah. more than welcome. Right? Yeah, that's cool. the that's the power to ha- power of having mentors, right? Because yeah. he could at least expose you to that, exactly, right? And this is a guy who was a veteran, and you're a young guy in the league. Yep. he didn't have to do that. Yeah, and he he was retired. Right, he was retired at the time, and he was just like cope. Like I, I really value what he you're saw doing. something in you. Yeah, yeah, he was like, I wish I would have started earlier. I know he has rentals and stuff like that. Like he rents some of his rentals out to play and mm-hmm. stuff like and you know you 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 find yourself a mentor or mentors that you can just one add value to them you know and, and value is not always in the sense of money right right um th- there's a there's a cnbc just did this commercial and i'm 
talking on it about mentors and it chopped up some of it. But one of the things I was trying to say is like, you don't have to think it's just like giving a check, right? Like, hey, like I'll, I'll come organize your books, right? Like I'll do Mm -hmm. whatever I need, you need me to do. Like I'll file your paperwork, whatever you need me to do to add value to you. I'll do that just for access to your information. Now, I'm glad you said that because a lot of times people, we're selfish by nature, right? Mm-hmm. So people want help, mentorship, they want advice. But I heard somebody say before, like, you have to say, how can I help this person? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think from that standpoint, then they'll be more likely to help you as yeah. opposed to just saying, help me. Right. That's right. more of a charity thing, right? Right. Now, if we if we have an equal relationship, you might not be able to help me financially, but like you said, you can still add value yeah. on some level. Yeah. Right? And the thing, and, the, and that's the thing is like value is, sorry, value is what you make it, right? I, I think that, like you said, some people just come up and say, hey, help me, right? Like, <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, like, well, you have to also look at your own relationships and like anything that you're like, all of these are transactions and either you're winning it's equal or you're losing. And there's only a certain amount or a certain number of relationships that you can really be just losing in. And, and you know, and that's the thing. At a certain sure. point, it's like we're all for giving back. We're all for trying to help. But like, for example, with this class, I've had this class and, and we've we've uh, gained a lot of media attention because of it. And that's been great. And I used to pride myself on literally answering everything, every DM, email, text message, all that type of stuff. Even when there would be times where, you know, I'd make a play and it would be crazy amount of stuff in my phone. And I, even if it was a week later, I would do it. Now, like my brother, he helps, he's my business manager, business partner. He helps me with stuff and he realizes because the first couple of weeks he was like, nah, we can get through it. And then after a few weeks, he's like, yeah, nah, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. We might have to get a template, right? And like I told him, like you know, you got to realize there's certain things. Like I still have stuff I want to do and create, and, and and I would literally spend all day just answering emails or DMs, yeah, right? Like, it's and fact. then it's fact. Tell us about it. Yeah. Like it's like you got you you have to pick and choose your battles, yeah, right? Yeah. And so as much as you want to give, and you know, people will. will throw your name through the mud if you don't answer their particular message right, or whatever, right? right? It's right. like, I, I, I plan on trying to answer it, but <laughs> I'm going to answer it in in what I create, right. I think. so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so finding them mentors and stuff like that, I ended up giving him money to uh, invest in his house. And then even by being in that, I was able to see what I liked about how they were doing things, what I didn't like, what I wanted to do better, what I wanted to do less of, more of alarm systems, cameras, whatever, right? Um, because again, there's levels, right? Yeah. And so I could realize that Rob was on this, he's on a bigger, bigger level than me, right? Yeah. Because if he loses this money, again, you know, he 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 might be able to withstand that. Yeah. Me, I, gonna, I don't withstand that. It's gonna it's gonna hurt a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> so so I need to know. Like I need to what, what's going on right now. You know, what's yeah. going on at three thirty PM. So um, so from that, again, I'm invested with them. And then I went and jumped off and started doing my own. And the reason why I started doing them in Detroit was, one, the market was amazing. Yeah. Um, you could buy a three, four-bedroom, three-bathroom house for $35,000. That's why I wanted to ask you. Um, so Detroit, how is the market in Detroit right now? Because I've heard mixed things. Um, yeah. Some people think that it's, like, the best thing ever. But some people say it's already starting to get more saturated. Yeah. And it's not as 
you know, good as people are making it out to be. Yeah, you had mixed opinions on it. What, yeah. What's the market in Yeah, Detroit? I think it's, it's clearly it's getting more saturated than it was two years ago, three years ago, but that's everything, right? Um, I, 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 if you talk to anybody in Atlanta, they'll tell you like prices here are getting more and more expensive. It's getting more and more saturated. Then you're like, okay, well, what's the rent? Oh, it's like $1,100 for it. Three bedroom, you know. Yeah. Like, all right, well, yeah, in comparison to New York, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shoot, I'll take that all yeah, that's, day. That's right? a studio, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I think I keep it in that perspective, in that context. For me, Detroit was an opportunity, and still is an opportunity to learn on a smaller scale, and not risk. And when I say smaller scale, is not risk as much money as some of these bigger markets, bigger markets, yeah. these bigger shows, right? Like I, I would turn on. One of the best houses we did in Detroit. We bought this house for at auction for thirty six thousand. Um, Santa Rosa Drive. That was that's her nickname. Um, four bedroom, two and a half bathroom house. We walked into it, and this was I mean this was a layup, home run type of thing. Walked into it, and it was unfortunately you know it was a older woman who passed away. Her family just didn't know to take care of it didn't know to pay the bills or whatever so it just literally was sitting there we took it at auction and uh well-kept house all that type of stuff we put in i want to say twelve thousand dollars just to do the kitchen redo carpet and to add a shower instead of the elderly tub on the first floor bathroom we turned around we sold it off market for one hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Right. So how long was that turnaround? It literally the longest part it was a two week rehab. The longest part was waiting for the eviction to go through, because still technically, even though no one was living in it, you still we still legally went through the eviction process, went to court. No one showed up, waited 30 days to enter just to you know protect our backs. But that was the longest part. After that, we got in two weeks and then flipped it so literally made 115 percent on my money on that but again i turn on hgtv and i see these couples and they're doing amazing stuff like they're doing great flips and stuff like that and you're like you just put out seven hundred thousand to bring back fifty thousand yeah I'm, all, I'm always looking like yeah it's gonna cost seven ninety nine to renovate yeah. i'm like that's eight hundred thousand <laughs> sorry so you paid thirty five thousand mm-hmm. on auction you paid probably cash, right? Mm-hmm. But you could have got that house without paying up to thirty-five thousand, right? Probably. Well, since it was auction, I, I probably, probably not. Could, probably could. Okay. I but would probably had to. I would hard money lend. Hard money or lend something like that. So I would. The, could I was, could people I, I paid, they would have got their money, but yeah. I probably could have came out of pocket less by doing finding another lender. Yeah, because like I, I was, I was trying to say is. Um, for the average person mm-hmm. who might not have thirty five thousand, right. but they still are interested in investing and they still want to make money, right? Yep. What's your advice for them? They yeah. may not have you know the same opportunities um, yeah. or the you know right or, the same you know, the same bank. I'm yeah. the bank. I'm I'm fortunate to be able to be the bank in my situations, and even still, people tell me like you want to start using other people's money, um, but for anyone out there trying to get in, one I'd say make sure you're ready. And before, what I mean by that is, is what I found in real estate is there's a, a checklist of things that you need to have and be ready for it. Because especially if you're taking on someone else's money, and then that means you're you're holding on to that interest rate. You wanna you wanna limit your your holding time, right? Um, 
what do I mean by being ready? What does your contracting team look like, right? Um, your contracting team can be, make or break your entire process. What I found, I guess this is a better way to say this. What I found is people generally can't do what they tell you they can do, right? So it's really vetting their con, vetting your contracting team, creating that budget, and doing your best to stick to it, even though you know you're never going to stick to it. Like that sounds weird, but like you know it's going to go over. So for me, my process is. Well, sorry, to answer your question, there are hard money lenders out there. There's people who will lend you money. You can collateralize it with a car, house, whatever, um, depending on the, the amount of the loan. Um, however, before you do that, you need to make sure that you're ready. And to make you feel good about it, one of my mentors, he, he, that's outside of Rob and, and, uh, Charm City Buyers, one of the things that he told me that really helped me jump into my first home was he sat down with me at dinner and he was just like, you know, Cope, this this isn't rocket science. <laughs> he was like, a lot of people make make what they make make what they do seem like it's rocket science, but this isn't. Like, you buy a house, you renovate it, you put money into it to renovate it, you sell it for more, right? Like, <laughs> it ain't that deep. Now, there's certain <laughs> things in there that make it feel stressful and all that stuff, permits and all of this different yeah. stuff. Oh, pipe for all you know but it ain't rocket science so for anybody listening just keep that in mind right like you buy a house you renovate it you put money in you pay people to renovate it and you sell it for hire right and you before you do that you do all your work your research my process we can get into that if we want my process is to look at the comps before I ever walk into a house is to look at the comps is to make sure that like you send my realtor. I find I have a realtors. I have multiple realtors. I tell them what I'm looking for. I tell them what my investment criteria is, mm-hmm. and I tell them what I need to make off of it. I only look at houses that I feel like I can at least make 30k off of, right? And you know, some of the realtors, oh man, that's I don't know. Like in Baltimore, it's getting the margins are getting thinner. You know, cool. But don't send it me the house. I'm not interested. Unless we can at least <laughs> right. make 30k. And why do I do that? There's houses that I won't make 30k off of, even if I think that, but. That gives me enough cushion where, okay, this house messed up or this, uh, you know, I have a change order in my contracting work, so I need to add this or whatever. And now that 30K is crunched to 25 and it's crunched to 20. And, and so it gives me more than enough cushion as opposed to where some people are trying to get 15K. Yeah. And then as soon as some bad things pop up, you now they back in the red. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I do that. Then we'll go through a house. I go through a house with the contractor and the and I get an estimate there, right? And I know that the contract's gonna be off. You know, I know that they're gonna add some more later on on the back end. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been fortunate to have some great contractors, especially in Maryland. Um, in Detroit, it's been hit or miss. I've had some good ones, I've had some horrible ones, right? Yeah. But um, finding, uh, just getting a ballpark and range, because right then and there, I might be able to be like, okay, this is not, this doesn't add up, right? After that, then you, you know, you put in your offer, you probably miss on half the houses you offer on. Probably really 75% of the houses I've put offers in on, I haven't gotten. Um, but you just play that game. But again, for me, it's, it's about, I feel like real estate, and, and I know I'm obviously in a, a blessed position to be able to say this, but I, I tell this to my family. I tell this to everyone because I'm getting my family. They, they invest with me. I feel like real estate is a great 
thing to be in as a secondary source of income, mm. right? Like for me, I look at it as like, okay, like it, it's it's a great place to be in when you know there is a week delay, or for example, I was supposed to close on a house, sell a house that we've had on the market for some time. I was supposed to sell it on May tenth, uh, this past Friday, it, and it's gotten pushed. So the the they did the appraisal late and all that stuff is getting pushed. Uh, we just signed an addendum to push it to close before May 31st. If I needed that money right now, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Right? I still keep it. Everybody else around me thinks that I'm pissed. Like, come on, we got to tighten this up. Right, right. But I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm on to the other thing. I, I don't need that right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to keep it as a secondary source of income allows you to operate in a less stressful situation. And it also allows you to not take risks and take chances and force you don't have investments to. if you don't have to because there's a lot of people out here that's where they get themselves in a bad situation like I need this house to work yeah, yeah. I need to flip it now yeah. right so what, what makes you unique is that you're reading blueprints and you're reading playbooks too mm -hmm. right and you, you spoke about your family and building your team um, but your family's involved right your mom is part of is an yeah. investor with you your wife yep. is reading the charts and uh, your brother is I believe the project manager yep. Yep. so were they into real estate or did you bring them on and educate you guys learned all together yeah brought them on brought them on so I think for me one of my biggest goals is to figure out not figure out but encourage other people to to create wealth for themselves right um, my family is doing well for themselves. They all have their own hustles. But hey, like, I look at real estate as a way of like, hey, I can, like I tell my friend all the time, he has student loans he's talking about. I'm like, you can flip a house, right? And start putting down chunks on your, your, your mortgage, right? He already has a job that he's been paying off. But like, I look at it as like, one day I'll just flip a house to pay for things that I want. Oh, okay, my kid has this year's tuition. Okay, well, well, let's do this house right here, or uh, we need vacation, or I'm flip a house to pay all of our bills. Yeah, right? like, like you have an asset to pay for. Like, yeah, like I'm a literally like that's the way I look at it, right? And mm -hmm. that's a that's a great thing to be able to do and a great goal to have. But I wanted to also empower the people around me to be able to do it themselves. So allowing them to have access to the investment again I'm approaching I'm, I'm doing this house <laughs> you can jump in if <laughs> you want without yeah yeah well, you can jump in if you want it's the same lesson you know. that Rob said to you exactly like, like, you I'm gonna do this you could join I remember that so that's like um yeah one of one of the um my like my mentors uh he uh <laughs> He had a building in Manhattan. He's a real big time real estate investor, right? So he's a he's a developer, and he had a building in Manhattan. And he he um he called me. He's like, look, you know, if you want to get in, I'll give you the friends and family deal. Da da da. da. He's like, you know, um, you know, you can be part owner of a building in Manhattan. Da da da. But he said, he said, look, he said, um, I'm giving you this offer. He said, um, I don't need to give you this offer. He said, and I'll never call you about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want in on it. It's up to you. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to beat your door down. Right. No, that I'm is, not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all based so, on facts. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is happening with or without you. And, yeah. and again, um, it allows you, it allows them to have the same experience that I had. So now they can get their feet wet, right? I don't care if it's a thousand bucks. I don't care if it's four thousand bucks. I don't care if it's twenty thousand bucks. Yeah. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, whatever you want. You just break it down, break the percentages down. You have equity in this in this play, exactly. and now, um, now you care. 
Now you're interested. People are going to care when they're invested in something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's, they're making $200 more, right. that's more passive than you had a month before. It's more than your checking account. Yeah. Right, that you get. So, um, so by doing that, then it, it gets them to learn. And then it also, like, I'm always thinking about the future and the future build, right? And so I've invested with players, and there's a bunch of players who want to invest and do stuff together. And, and I, I've done some with them, and, and there's some that I'm like, you know, I just want to wait until I have my teams really, really sure, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I'm first to admit that, like, one, I'm a perfectionist. So if it ain't rolling in in my version or my realm of perfection, then it ain't ready. But then once I get it there, then we can rock and roll, right? Yeah. But when I when you have that access now, I, I'll shoot you videos of the befores, of what the contractor is telling me, of the things that I've learned, the things that I've thought about. But but I, I want you to start looking at stuff the way I start looking at stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the long run, again, we talk about adding value and different ways to add value is, you know, one, I don't need your money. But two, I, I want in the long run, you're adding value to me because now we're going to start to speak the same language. Yeah. Now, if I'm in New Jersey, if I'm in Baltimore and you move to Florida or, you know, you get traded and go to California or whatever. Now you're looking at a house with the same lens and perspective that I, I always had. So now you can say, hey, Cole, like, maybe you want to throw some money into this one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They, they branch off and then and the, that other effect is that people become less dependent on you yep. because now they have their own knowledge. 100%. Well, that that. So knowledge is power and education is everything in this world. So that brings us to our next segment, something that we all have in common. Uh, yeah, education. All right. So um, for the last segment, we're going to talk education. And if anybody's not familiar, this is how this whole thing started with even the podcast is Troy's a educator and I'm a financial advisor. So I'll speed up this story because we've told it a couple of times before, but he brought me in his classroom. Um, before and he asked me to teach a financial literacy class. So that financial literacy class turned into, he has a program that he runs every summer, six week program for kids, internships, get, um, a whole bunch of stuff, college tours and everything. They get paid at the end of the program. So that turned into me running a financial literacy program for the kids for the six weeks. Then that turned into me actually developing a curriculum, mm -hmm. right? And now I actually do it in a couple other schools outside of um, our program that we do in the summer. Yep. And then that turns into, I, I actually want to write a textbook. It's on the way. Right? So yep. it could be in all, all over. And it turned into a whole bunch of different opportunities with my brother's keeper, President Obama's program. We, yeah. we, we got. Turned into this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So it all, it all, it all meshed together. So as we said earlier in the podcast, Brandon is an educator as well. So he is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania's business school, which is Wharton. And as I said before, that's one of the best business schools in the country. So aside from being a football player, aside from being a real estate investor, aside from working on Wall Street, we even talk about him working on Wall Street, he also, it's too much to talk about, but he's also a educator. So financial yeah. literacy is something that we're very passionate about. Can you talk about your class? Because your class is interesting. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's called Inequity and empowerment in urban financial literacy. That's the name of it. Yep. Yep. So that's an interesting title. Um, and I kind of assume I know what that means, but can you talk about the class? Can we start? Yeah. We'll start off the conversation with the class. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. So, um, technically it's not in Wharton. It's in the urban 
school urban studies school just to okay. put that out there so they don't come down and you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? um but it's when I thought of the class, I thought about um, I was actually on a ride through Detroit looking at real estate opportunities with a couple of players. And one of the players mentioned in, in the backseat about, hey, man, I just wish when I was in college, we had a class on that, you know, talked about taxes and budgeting and houses and buying your house and all that type of stuff. I'm like, I mean, that's not just something that athletes need. That's something that Every, we all yep, need. Yep. Right. Um, like, how do you just. And uh, you had the conversation. I was like, how do you just pick athletes who you think are going to the league or not? You know, like mm-hmm. everybody should have that. So from there, my my wheels started running. And again, like, as I said, I'm impulsive when I get passionate about something. It's like, how do you make it happen? So uh, it's been a, a few years of trying to get the school to to buy in. And, and I was fortunate to come across my co-professor, Dr. Brian Peterson, uh, last year at our just college five-year reunion, I told him about the idea, and then he took it and ran with it and, and dealt with the the school uh, pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know me, I'm 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 just a a creative. So you know, I come to you with the idea, and like yada, I'm willing to put the work in behind it. But mm-hmm. I didn't know you need a, you know you need a syllabus, you need a, a course outline, and all that stuff. So. Anyway, for me, the class premise is like, let's talk about all the different things that you deal with in life that we just let's just talk about them. Right. For some reason, we've gone through these schools and gone through all these. I've gone through 16 years of school myself and we no one ever taught me how to buy my first house. Right. right. No one ever taught me about uh, the cost of renting or how to invest. Right. We we have these classes that talk about finance and, and statistics and all this stuff. Supply like, and demand and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what's the real life application, you know? And I remember as an intern on Wall Street, I was like, you know, we, t- we had these classes and I think, uh, you know, I had these econ classes and, and finance classes. And I'm like, okay, I, sh- I should be pretty well prepared as compared to a, a student who hasn't had this stuff. But then when I went into it, I'm like, yeah, we didn't talk about any of the stuff I'm seeing on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, the funny, the funny thing about that is, like, I feel the same way about education. Like, we went to school, right, and we learned we had to take all these tests and pass them to be certified. And I went to grad school for it, and I got put in New York City, and all the things that they taught out the window. Yeah, you're gonna learn right now. Right, like, today's your day. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and one of the lessons I try to tell um, up and coming teachers is like, listen, you're gonna be tested every day. Mm. You gotta really put the mindset that today I'm gonna win this battle yeah. because I know I'm fighting for them. Right. You know right. what I mean? So like that's crazy. Like you're doing that in finance too. It's the same thing. Like wait, I went to school for all this and I know nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I literally have to start over, right? Right. And so, um, you know, taking that is like literally the premise of the class. I, I nicknamed it Life 101, and uh, so we talk about credit. I always always felt like too like I sat in these classrooms and you know as a, a a kid who a kid from Baltimore learning and all that type of stuff I've been fortunate enough my parents valued education so I I really valued it myself um and still even though I feel like I'm a bright individual uh I would sit in some of these classes and I would have to like the teachers would just talk over my head for mm-hmm. the however long the lecture was and I was like, 
we, you know, people would throw around terms, good debt versus bad debt and all that stuff. And you feel afraid to ask a question like, you know, I don't want to seem like the stupid. Yeah, because you feel like, like, like everybody else know. must know. Right, <laughs> right. You know, like he's talking like they like maybe I didn't get this in, in my high school or something. Right. And then, you know, so I'd end up YouTubing it or, or figuring it out on my, my own or just through life and experience. And I'm like, it shouldn't be like that. Right. Like you paying all this money to go yeah. to school. We should talk about this. You should feel comfortable asking this question. So. That's the class. We, we started it. We cover everything from, like I said, investing, budgeting, taxes, your gross pay versus your, your net. Um, how to buy a house. Our very last class, we had a, it's called, we called it financing your dream company, an entrepreneurship panel. Um, we end up having a huge, my goal, as I tell the students, my goal is to make this financial information, uh, financial literacy, all that type of stuff is to make this information accessible to all for free. Yeah. And so this class was really a pilot and, and just a, a, a launching point to build and to figure out what works and all of that type of stuff. But what we did, our second to last class, we had a bunch of high school students from Philly come in and then my students taught those students these different, we had five different topics, but taught them this stuff. And, and one, the reason for that was me, one, I don't, it's not that I don't care about grades, but I don't care about grades. It's, but two, it's more of like, I feel like if you can teach someone how to teach, or no, so not, not how to teach. I wanted to teach them how to teach this information to yeah, other people. That, that's the true right? side that they learned. Yeah. So yep. like, I want you to be able to share this information with your cousin, your family, your mother, your sister, your brother, and, and, and spread this information in a similar way that I'm doing it to my family. Give yeah. your family access to, to change their own lives, right? As opposed to Sadly, what we do in society is we get information and now it's my information. Yeah, and now I, I'm going to get a leg up on you. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I'm not, you're not my competition, right? right. Um, so we had our students teach it to high school students because one, I figured if you can break it down on a high school level, then you probably have a pretty good understanding of it. Uh, but two, it also just is um, giving us that ripple effect as a classroom. And when I tell you, you've got these, one of the biggest things that schools or people push back on is, oh man, you don't, you know, people already know this information, you know? And you're like, no, we don't. <laughs> when did I learn it? When did you yeah. teach it to me, right? Like yeah. if nobody ever taught me, I told this to the students as well, if nobody ever taught you, if I ask you what two plus two is, you're like, man, that's a stupid question, right? You've learned that. If I ask you like, okay, well, how do you buy your first house, right? Like, what do you need? Uh, uh, well, you probably need a if I ask you what's a 401k, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and some people, people might be like, well, you should know that. Well, how? Like, who, who, who taught you? And, that, and, and that's something that, because, um, you know, I post videos sometimes of me teaching, and some it's always a couple comments like, well, financial literacy shouldn't be taught in school. We shouldn't rely on schools. People should be teaching at home. True, of course. But if your parents <laughs> aren't prepared to teach you, and what about those kids? Yeah. And that's the vast majority of kids, right? Yeah, so it's like to much. say, okay, well, yeah, of course, everything should be taught at home. But if that's the case, what's the point of even going to school? Yeah. So we just teach our kids everything at right. home. Like, like, right? Right. Working in the education system, right? This is like my 17th year in education. But that was part of the reason why I was like, when I saw Shadi, I'm like, look, I need your help. Mm -hmm. Like, you're a financial advisor. I need your help. Like, our, I know that these kids aren't learning. And I felt like I was doing a disservice. So I'm like, all right, well, I have six weeks to help these kids, right? And I was like, listen, I need your help come in and just teach these kids these lessons. Yeah. And it was like, when we started seeing the return on it every year, it was like, oh, this is amazing. 
right? So like being in a system and knowing it's a disservice, like we got to give back. So like you going back to Philly to take kids, like that's dope, right? And you're doing it at the college level, right? And our our, our, our program is, you know, from high school kids mm-hmm. getting, getting ready for college, but also this year we're launching one for elementary school kids, that's right? Because the earlier they get the knowledge, now their parents can learn and these kids are learning, so they're prepared. By the time we get to high school, they're going to be advanced, right? right? Be so we just, we're just trying to start <laughs> earlier and earlier, right? Yeah. And we get, we need more people doing that, right? So that's what drew us, like drew me for sure. Like yeah. 5.30 in the morning, I'm reading, I'm like, oh, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. Because he's on the same path. And no, I thought that dope, was dope. And then also, and that, my next line of question leads right into as far as giving back, right? Mm-hmm. We spoke about that off camera a little bit. Can you talk about that as far as like the importance of that and why? Because a lot of times people don't. Like you said, I think I read a book one time that we operate from an attitude of scarcity instead of abundance, meaning that it's like, okay, if me and you from the same neighborhood, you make it to the league, I'm going to be depressed because I'm like the percentage of somebody making it is like one out of 100. Now you made it. So now my percentage is like, <laughs> I'm done. I, I can't make it. Statistically, it's like, it's, instead of saying like, yo, I'm going to use you as an example that I can make it. Right. Yeah. So we look at that and, and it carries over from a lot of things like, okay, I got a million dollars. I can't teach somebody else how to make a million dollars because I've already beat the odds. So I can't diminish my odds by trying to spread the wealth. You know what I mean? So it's sad. Um, So, yeah, my wife and I, we started this foundation called Beyond the Basics, Inc. Um, This is it right here. We throw football camps. We take kids on shopping sprees for for Christmas, feed single parents, Thanksgiving. I think that, you know, that's just uh, our heart and, and what we feel called to do and and that's actually like the best part of everything that I do I feel like um when it talk when you talk about giving back I, I shared this with the students as well I share this with people I think that there's a lot of people in this world this is the way I think of my life and whether I'm right wrong in whatever I'm doing I'm sharing it and I'm letting you know that hey like I don't have all the answers. Like I told my students that the first day, I don't have all the answers, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's experts for all of this information. That's the reason why you hire an accountant. That's the reason why you hire an, a, a, an invest an advisor, a financial advisor. That's the reason why you hire a credit repair specialist to, to handle these different tranches of your life. The reason why you hire a realtor. Like I don't have all this information, mm-hmm. but I will get the people in front of you. I have a little bit about all this stuff. And we anything I don't know, we'll learn it on the the fly, right? Like, that's cool with me. I'll, I'll take that humble approach to teaching and to being a vessel. But what I always tell people is there's people who write these tell-all books, you know, 50-some years old, right? This is how I amass my wealth mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff, right? And there's a, one, there's a bunch of young kids who's reading that, well, I just read such and such book and, you know, now I'm going to try to do it like this and this and this, right? It, which is great. You know, you're sharing that wealth of knowledge. I always think that those, the person who wrote the book, the author's peers at that age group are probably looking at this dude like, a dude or woman like, why the, didn't you just share this stuff while you were doing it? Yeah. Right? Like, you could have brought us why, you, why didn't you tell me while you were taking these risks? So that now we can all be writing our tell all books. We can all be on these yachts. We can all be on this stuff, right? And that's what I'm like, all right, like, let's just. Let's just share as we go, right? Yeah. And and for me, it's about taking a humble approach or, or making the information humble in the sense of, like, it, it's not overwhelming. It's not, like, there's certain things that are complex, you know, more complex than others. But 
all of this stuff is is once you take some time and, and dive into it, you're just like, what? This is, you know, this can be easy. Yeah. And I think that sadly, a lot of people trying to teach or a lot of people trying to, um, and, you know, we're not even talking about specifically giving back. But I look at the professor stuff as one of my versions of giving back. No, that, sure. it absolutely sure. is. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, education. And a lot of people trying to teach or or, or give information they want you to think that what they do is rocket science. It, it, you know why how we can tell is giving back because you're doing it right. Those kids are being inspired, and you'll never know the impact, mm-hmm. right? But there are a bunch of athletes who are looking at you like, "Wow, like I could do that. I yeah. wish I could do that, yeah. right?" And they're reaching out like when we posted you, like a bunch of athletes were like, "Hey." Well, we have a lot of yeah. shout out to the NFL <laughs> yeah. for some reason I don't know, but like. Half of the NFL follows us, right? Yeah. On my page. So nice. we, we're getting more basketball players. Shout out to Al Harrington. Shout out to a couple other than, uh, league guys in the league. But I'm proud of the NFL guys because they've really taken financial literacy serious. Yeah. And they, um, I don't think it's a coincidence. No, no, it's definitely, right? not, it's definitely <laughs> not. And what you said was key as far as to make the information understandable to the people. And I think that's one of the driving forces behind our podcast yep. is that our people don't really want to read Barron's and read it. Even I don't really want to read there. I'm gonna yeah. fall asleep when I'm reading it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but the information that we deliver, they know that it's like a conversation that they can have in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these conversations aren't being had at the barbershop. Right. right. So now they can tune in once a week and they can check it out. And they and and the good thing about our platform is that everybody that we we are bringing in are from different walks of life, different areas. But the one common denominator is that they all are willing to share time and give out free game. Mm. And that's what you just did. And it's commendable. So first and foremost, we want to thank you. Yeah, absolutely. For, for, for coming. Y'all. And, um, can you tell the people how to contact you, any initiatives, your, your yeah. camp, all that, all that information? Yeah, man. I'll keep it, keep it short. So you can reach out to me at, at bcope51, bcope51 on Instagram. Um, I also have a website, www.bcopeland.com. Um, there's a contact section right there. It'll get directly to me. Um, we have a football camp coming up this summer in Baltimore, free football camp for the youth. We'll probably have about 500 kids this year, which is crazy to see the growth. Our our camp is older than, is longer than the average NFL lifespan right now. So we're going into year four, which is crazy, but we do a lot of different, we, we, our camp is literally not about football. We, we, um, we have a thousand book bags that the kids put together and a thousand hygiene kits that the kids put together and they distribute out to their own city. Right. So now we're encouraging them to give back early mm-hmm. and understanding that it's not just writing a check. It's not about that. It's about time. It's about effort. It's about passion. Yep. Um, and uh, and yeah, man, we, we just continue to build this empire, continue to try to get out this financial literacy info along with you all. And uh, help change the world. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Collaboration is better than competition. That's my man, Matt. Shout says. out to Matt. So, yeah, you know, that, that's what we're doing, man. That's, yeah. that's another thing that we want to show as well as far as uh, we don't have to be in competition with each other. Yeah. Yeah. We can work with each other. It's actually more beneficial to yeah. work with somebody. And it's fun, man. It's fun because, like, every time we sit down with a guest, like, we're learning, too. Yeah, we learn right? something. Like, we're learning we as you speak. And, yeah. and when we listen back, we're like, wow, that's a gem. I hope everybody heard that. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what we used to do with, like, lyrics. Like, we would listen to it. And I'm like, yo, you heard what he, he said? Right. And then we realized that every yeah, like we wanted that like everybody didn't hear it the same way. And yeah. it was like, all right, well, that's what we're gonna do to finance. Like we're gonna wait, I don't think they're hearing it the same. So let's explain it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So decoded. 
Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Kobe. There you go. Doing a great job of taking the time to do that, right? A lot of people, they just spit it at you. If you pick it up, you pick it up. If you didn't, it's on you. And I think that you guys are doing an amazing job of, like, like you said, taking the time to decode it, taking the time to humble it. And, uh, you know, egos out the, out the door, creating that non-judgmental zone, um, is crucial so that we can have these conversations because just by having a conversation, you end up learning, you know, you might even, you go in the conversation, I have conversations with people about finance now and you're not even, there was no intent in the combo. We mm-hmm. weren't talking, we weren't supposed to be talking about real estate. We were just talking about mindset and somehow or another it leads to, to one of us learning something that might save us some money, save us some interest on the mortgage or, or yep. something like that. So that's a beautiful thing. And, and, and to continue to create that environment, y'all are, Y'all are leading the way. So I appreciate y'all. Appreciate thank, that, you, man. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Troy, you want to talk about our Patreon? Yeah, we- man. So Patreon, it, it is, it's doing pretty well. You know, it, we explain it every episode. It's a way to financially support the podcast so that we could come to your city or do things in, in, in our city, you know, that can uplift people and, and give them more information. Um, you know, we have five different tiers. You can join at any tier. It starts at like $2 if you like for just general things. And then as you... You add more to the tears, you get more things. Um, so we got some new members. Um, shout out to Cody and, and shout out to Terry and Savannah and T and our newest member, Vicky. Shout out to you uh, for joining. Uh, we look forward to having our video conference with you in the very near future. Yeah, but, you know, keep supporting Patreon. Um, our merch is up on our, our website, earningleisure.com. Um, you know, like I said, season two, we got some new new things coming out, so be on the lookout for that. Assets over liabilities. Yeah, yeah. Shotty's, Shotty's wearing the assets over liabilities shirt. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. That's, <laughs> the, that's the slogan that we running with. I, so. I got the, the, the podcast t-shirt on. It's funny, like, every t- like we walk out and people will look and they're like, wait, is that you on your shirt? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a conversation starter. Like, we know that people are looking at what we're wearing all the time. That's our culture. Like, we're going to watch to see what you have on first, and then we'll we'll start a conversation after that. So we might as well give them a good message. Yeah, yeah. So before we leave, um, my book tip of the week is I'm currently um, – so, all right, Valencia, the teacher that we had on, she she let the cat out the bag. I don't actually read these books. I listen to audio books. Same thing. So my audio book <laughs> that I'm listening to right now is uh, called The Smartest Guys in the Room. It's about the Enron debacle scandal. So if you're into that – kind of thing. Um, I highly recommend it. It's, it's interesting. It's entertaining. And it, it talks about how the financial system can go wrong and how greed can lead to very bad things. So yeah. that is my, my, my book tip. Can, for the I mean, can I give him a quote? Because I heard Brandon say it and I, 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 want, I was like, oh man, I got to give him this line. So I'm going to quote uh, Sheik Luch uh, from the lock. Shout out to 914. Shout out to Yonkers. But he said, uh, plan for your future because you're going to be uh, older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. And I was like... Money, yeah. power, respect. Money, power, respect, right? Because that's important, right? Like, how much time do you have to be young? Like, I think you said that, like, at 25, are you young? Right? But you still got 50-plus years, you know, God bless, to right. to, to be a uh, functioning person in life. So you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. So you got to plan accordingly, man. Plan accordingly. That's a fact. So once again, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.